Hello, hello. My name is Connor Mack, and this is Job Jumpers, the podcast for those of us who are stuck in the trap of jumping from shitty job to shitty job. Today on the show, I have John from the Midwest. We talk about our common history of working in hotels and all the nightmares that that brings. He tells me about working in record stores, working at Aldi, uh, and a lot of cool side hustles that help him get by in between jobs. So without further ado, let's throw it over to my conversation with John from the Midwest. All right, everybody, welcome to Job Jumpers. Um, today on the podcast, I have my new friend, John, and uh, John has has a pretty interesting story to tell, um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of share some commonalities, you know, we, we've kind of both worked around hospitality, um, so... First off, John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for uh, for taking time out to talk with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so, so you know, I don't want to uh, disclose your location. Do you want to say you're you're in the Midwest? Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm in the mid- Midwest. Yeah. So you know, a little bit. I mean, the part of colder part of the Midwest. <laughs> sure. Um, and it's all thanks to you that I that I I realized what time zones were because that was a concept that was totally foreign to me before <laughs> before I reached out to you. Um, so let's let's see. Um, before we get all into the the nitty gritty of of the podcast jobs um, and, and and all those fun stories. Um, do you want to just just give me a little bit about yourself as as a human being? You know, like I think a big a big part of like what I want to get into is um, you take work out of the equation, take work out of the equation altogether. You know, because when pe- when people ask you like what do you do, the the first thing that you you think of is oh I'll tell them what 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 job I have or what I what 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 my career is, but um. But, John, what do you do, just as a human being? I would say, like, music. M- music is kind of what I do and what I work with, and it's one of my biggest passions in life, and I've spent my life working in and around music pretty much all my life, but I'm not a musician, so it's... And I've worked within the music industry in different roles, too, so I've seen kind of different sides, but I've okay. done that often while, you know, working in retail or or whatever else, but definitely like music is my number one passion. So, so you're, you're uh, not a musician, but you've kind of worked in the industry and kind of on the, the outskirts of, of that uh, industry. Exactly. Yeah. I've done everything from like managing bands to doing weekend tours to, doing street teams for record labels to working in record stores to owning a store to working at venues to booking shows at venues to like actually like paying and settling with the bands emailing the emailing the agents just a lot of different aspects but you you see the band's perspective you see the label's perspective 
you 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 see the venue's perspective yeah you, you kind of you, you, and, and they're not all the same they're not all the same you know but they're all after the same thing but you know sure. that the pie is what it is you know yeah i mean and you know sometimes the uh you know those, those parties are at odds with each other you know because because i've been reading like how a lot of times these days like you know venues will take a, a cut of the merch um and oh. that's kind of been a big a big controversy that i've seen i mean like as someone that's like book shows i would say that that has to do with agents being kind of incredibly greedy in my <laughs> opinion like you're you're you know you're booking a venue and it has X capacity, and they're asking for a guarantee that is, if you sold out the venue, even at a 25 or $30 ticket, there's not even enough to cover the show. There's no meat on the bone left, you know? Yeah. And so you're hoping to depend on the bar, but uh, exactly. yeah, so so that's their kind of get back some money thing with the, with the contracts now, and you know, I... <laughs> One of my best friends is, you know, former bar owner, former uh, music venue owner, and he played in bands, and he 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 was on the different side too. But he was a musician, and he used to never agree with it. But towards the end, he he always took a merch cut. But you you know, there, there's so many shows that the band gets. You know, if you you have an agent and it's a guaranteed contract, whether there's ten people there or a hundred people there, the band gets paid. The venue just eats it, you know, or, or the yeah. promoter. But, but but yeah, that's my take on that. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, that's a good take getting it from um, all these different sides. I mean, I guess, you know, a, as a bar owner or, or as somebody who, who, you know, books shows or whatever, I, I kind of feel like, especially in like smaller venues, you're, you know, these days you're, you're kind of like, squeezed so hard by like the you know the monolith that is live nation right that you just you're desperate for absolutely revenue so yeah just kind of a, a crappy situation all around um i'm i'm a big music guy too um what 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 kind of music are you into i mean I'm, I'm not going to say like the generic everything because I, I, you know, well, I'm pretty eclectic. I definitely like rock is, you know, my generic number one genre, but I listen to like a lot of Australian garage rock is one of my favorite genres. Um, I really, you know, what is that like? have, have the nostalgia. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I mean, you could throw them in there, but there's just like a lot of the, the there's, a lot of really good bands right now, like kind of like Skeggs or oh, Violent that. Soho. Uh, the Chats are, are kind of doing their thing right now. Um, the Chats are is Dear Dear Seattle Smoko Tired Lion. Yeah, yeah, Chats are the ones that does Smoko. There, there's so, so much stuff going out there right now that's just like one of my favorite sounds. But you know, I definitely do some some emo and some punk and some pop punk and some shoegaze but 90s alternative is definitely one of my faves but when that died i I went more into punk and post-punk and all that yeah yeah i mean um i like pop punk you know mainstream pop punk was my gateway into everything i'm right you know same for a lot of people you know um but uh 
I, I've gotten very into Devo in the last few weeks. I'll just I'll just say that. Um, that's kind of been been my weirdo obsession. Uh, it's always different to listen to something five, ten years later, or just maybe it's new to you or you discredited them, but certain points of your life, it kind of sounds different, or maybe it, it reaches you and it didn't before. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there, there's plenty of bands or albums that I've, I've, you know, listened to years ago and I'm just like, oh, this is not for me, whatever. I guess, you know, people are into it. It's cool, but not my thing. And then I'll, I'll pick it up, uh, you know, years afterwards and it just, it's hits me in the, at, at the right place in the right time. And that's just like, damn. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we definitely have some common ground there. Um, and you know, working with like music, um, ha- has that kind of helped you travel a lot? Have, 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 have you know you uh, traveled for work a lot? I mean, I did some weekend jaunts with bands and stuff, and I definitely like worked several work tours, like a few different dates or whatever for for a label, but not too much. But my biggest travels were when I had a job professionally driving like drive away vehicles, and I got to drive all over the country. That, that that's pretty rad but also pretty uh stressful it was really weird i uh like didn't have a lot of freedom for a lot of time i'd gotten in trouble and i was on probation and i finally got off and uh i'd pretty much gotten hired from this job before and my probation officer wouldn't let me do it and uh i i finally i i got off and uh i did the job and it was before smartphones, so like the idea now and some of the situations I put myself in in the way it like was is pretty wild, and it wasn't like glamorous because like it wasn't like CDL stuff. So a lot of it was just cars, which is cool, but you had to take the Greyhound out of there, and uh, you take the Greyhound all over America. That's a, a whole experience in itself. But I got to see all kinds of parts of the country, and like just had the freedom to be in a new city in a in a different day and kind of you know you had to know a map though like you had to i mean you can you can follow road signs pretty well in this country and just kind of go but there's some people now that can't go anywhere without gps and like i mean this is where where you know you and i i guess are are you know the age gap i guess comes into play because i'm i'm 29 now and um i i've never ever had to use a map so which which is kind of funny because it's it's only you know it's I mean I, I, we're we're not that far apart in age really but no but I was probably like twenty five when I did that job and uh, like they had flip phones and stuff and like all you could get off it like it was smart enough where you could get some text and an email but it wasn't like all I could get was maybe like the bill of lading number and the actual address. But like knowing that actually was pretty good instead of having to go get it faxed or some other <laughs> old uh, technology. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I couldn't just put it in. A lot of times I just start driving towards it, and yeah. and sometimes you just have to call and ask them for directions. Well, I mean, you know, you'll be better off when when all of this craps out and we're we're stuck with only maps, <laughs> <laughs> road signs. So. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'll I'll just be lost, you know, sitting sitting around just waiting for 
for someone to come save me. But anyways, um, that that kind of you know gives me a good idea of of you know the things you um, hold dear outside of work. But again, going back to this question, you know, people when they first meet you, they're like, "What do you do?" and that 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 means what do you do for work so i'm going to ask you kind of the same question but in uh, a differently phrased way which is um what do you say when people ask you what you do for a living usually it kind of depends on where they're asking me if they're like asking me like while i'm working or just w- what the situation is or like what like what else do i do or but generally i have an awkward pause and i say well i own my own business and mm. i i buy buy and sell music and uh then i also usually work in hotels on the side or uh, gig economy stuff or random side hustles yeah yeah that, i mean that's a good answer I, you know you 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 do have things of substance to say is it ever awkward when people are like pushing you they're like yeah but like but what do you really do you know it's like well yeah and then they're also like and and then i tell them you know i sell mostly music and and 10 years ago when you know they asked that and they're like oh oh people still buy vinyl and now it's like oh people still buy cds so it's yeah. it's really uh but yeah they still buy both they they still buy plenty of both <laughs> And, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff from the 90s or after them, like, it is pretty desirable. People have, uh, you know, the draw to nostalgia. And a lot of those albums that were pressed on CD from, I don't know, say 2000 to 2010 or whatever, like, some of those will never get repressed again. So maybe not even on vinyl. Like, yeah, there's definitely expensive CDs and expensive records and but people do appreciate it. And you got to just remember it's collectors. Like it's yes. their collectibles and people collect all kinds of stuff. People connect, uh, collect uh, like just so many random things. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so is a big part of what you do, you, you, you flip records, I guess, kind of. I, tend to focus more on cds myself it's more of a records game game now um i still do some records absolutely but it's not one of my main things it's just so competitive now and it's really hard to get things at a good enough price to to redo it and you know and a lot of people hate flippers too but you know that's what a record store does i've literally owned a brick and mortar record store it's not not really any different but um you know, other than you're paying the taxes on it and, you know, you're, it, it, it's, uh, and, and you're still paying the taxes on it when you're, you're doing it, you know, like I am now, like that is what it is. And then you're paying the percentage fees to the platforms, whether that be eBay or Amazon or Discogs, but yeah, you know, that's a totally fair way to, you know, get by, I guess, you know, I, I mean, for some reason, I, I I think of it like in a in a much more positive light than like scalpers, you know, ticket scalpers. I feel like for sure. I I just feel like they're different morally. I that might just be, you know, wrong. But but I I you know I don't know. I think it's you know especially if if they're older, more collectible um, records or you know CDs. I feel like there's there like. I feel like that's okay. You know, things just go up in value as they age too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, 
Very cool. I, I, I've got, oh, actually, when I went to um, school for broadcasting, like, uh, almost a decade ago now, um, like, my, my final project, which was, like, a journalism, like, like I, I essentially had to, uh, you know, write film and edit, um, like, a, uh, you know, like, a video journalism piece, and, what I did was was talk about the resurgence of vinyl records, and that was that was like ten years ago, and it's only gotten crazier. Like like I think they they've outsold CDs in the last few years. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a weird cycle with that because I, I worked at a few stores like at the end of the '90s, early 2000s, and then I had a store about close to a decade later after that and uh it was more cds then but the you could see the vinyl already taken back then but it took another i don't know five to seven years to to really hit a resurgence but some of that's just what's getting pressed too and then also like you'd have to wonder if vinyls would sell a lot more with all the pressing plant delays like that's not really they'd, they'd probably be selling even higher yeah that's that's super true um Working in a record store is something I've always wanted to try, and I and, and I've I've, I've kind of gotten the impression like you know it's, they're, they're kind of places that you you think you would love to work, but maybe the grass is not actually as green as uh, you think it is because it's still it's still retail, right? Uh, I I feel like that answer is like since I've worked at like a different enough different locations or had different things, they kind of depends on the location like that at the end of the day it that that assumption about the customers is like completely wrong like the customers are like the coolest people ever and you connect with all all these people you'd probably never meet like i, I remember like it, the guy was actually a cop and uh when flaming lips did that i think it's called like zyrica the the four cd thing and you're supposed to listen to them all at the same time but you can listen oh, yeah. to just one or one or two and layer them um or, or or manipulate the sound like he, he he burned me like a pirated copy of all of them on one cd which back yeah. then like was the was a cool thing and uh there's like a lot of lawyers like just all kinds of just random people but you'd meet all these people and all the employees there that staff was like actually legit like empire records like it it really wasn't like that that far off like to imagine that (laughs) pretty rad um but other other stores if you're the only person working it's just you and the customers you know yeah 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 i mean I, I, you know, I guess the personality difference is, is, is kind of what makes it like if, if, if you're a person that's into music, I guess you kind of, or like into collecting music, you already have different kind of sensibilities, maybe are not going to be, um, you know, a, an entitled customer or micromanager. I'm sure that does still happen, but I'm, I'm, I think there's more of a, uh, like parallel between you know, more, more reasonable personalities and maybe. Well, you're sharing, you're sharing a passion. Yeah. You know, and, and when, when someone like is, is sharing that passion, like that's a, I don't know, like that's a pretty big deal. And there are jobs where the customers are cool, but when you work in retail, 
Like I started like grocery retail and then I worked at a few record stores and I feel like after I did that, it just kind of, maybe it, it ruined things for me a little bit just because it's such a great job. And back then the, the labels would like, that manager was amazing. He'd like schedule extra people. And then when the record, the record labels would legit call the, the store and be like, Oh, uh, Incubus is in town and they're playing uh, the amphitheater. Uh, do you guys want some guest list? Oh and uh, he would just let people go, but most of them like didn't want to go. And so I would go just about anything, but I wouldn't always get the hours I needed. But <laughs> it got me a lot, a lot of opportunities to yeah. see and hang out with bands. Like there, there were certain labels I was super cool with because I would play their stuff in the store and I would you know, make displays for him or just, you know, I, I also got to like order for the store and uh, yeah, like I, I definitely helped him sell some albums and put it on end caps, but they, they hooked it up. Like obviously it didn't pay that well, but the perks in that were like probably the best perks of any job I had. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be thrilled with that. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty cool to hear. Um, John, so let's, let's uh, kind of dive into it a little bit deeper here. Um, what, would you consider yourself a job jumper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no no hesitation. Um you know, once once you work for yourself, or you have your own business or you you start doing it, I feel like you just you're less inclined to either want to work for someone else or you've you've taken a step where you know, you've taken major risks and you you probably failed a couple times too, you know, so you've been at whatever side but you're you're not willing to to sell yourself for something that's not going anywhere not going to reciprocate back or you know on empty promises and, and trusting people that would just fire you for no reason and then you've had that happen a few times and then you just kind of brush it off and you kind of give what you get back you know yeah yeah i mean i guess you can kind of taste a little bit of a uh, freedom and, and then it, it might be hard to you know hard to go back from that i guess yeah, for sure. It's even, you know, it, it's working under other people and during their hours and their demands and like, you know, the idea of a lot of these places wanting you to be available for like all weekends or holidays or certain shifts or like not everyone's schedule is the same, you know, and not everyone has the same goals or, oh, yeah. or life. We're not... It's not reasonable whatsoever. And um, it's it's definitely become kind of the the standard for most most places at least you know uh corporate owned places and uh i mean even even like mom and pop shops can be you know workhorses and and unaccommodating um but uh yeah you know you there there's just a lot of freedom in, in doing your own thing. I think that's, that's super appealing and that's, that's definitely why, you know, a large swath of, uh, of, of population is doing kind of, uh, gig work, um, you know, like ride share or delivery, um, which is something I've, I've tried my hand at too. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 sometimes not super sustainable but i guess if you uh like work a few different diverse gigs you can kind of make it work yeah i think like when you have multiple income 
streams and you do diversify, it really opens up. And, you know, I'm in a different situation, too, where, you know, I still have inventory from my store that I haven't touched for 10 years and boxes and boxes and boxes and just so much stuff that I could pro probably, you know, really take that to the next level. But there's only so much I can do in each day. And I think that's, like, the worst thing is jobs like that is you can work for 10, 20 hours. You, you can grind, 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 and not get any sales. <laughs> and yeah. like, there's nothing, there's nothing more defeating than having that happen. But, you know, being able to work and, you know, like last night, like I literally worked for like 51 minutes and made like almost 45 bucks. Like, and if I want to cash it out or, or pay that right now, I can do that. Like, I don't have to wait two weeks in front of some, like multi-millionaire while well, I'm like worried about, I might have gas for the next two weeks because I'm driving and fronting them basically my gas money yeah. you know like yeah, that's, that's the story of my life that's that's um every you know first two weeks of of a job I've had you know for the last few years I'm just like okay all right you know I really wish this this paid every week but it's always like you know you start this job and then it's like you, you you come in at, at like the end of the last pay cycle, so you have to wait like two. The extra week, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've actually seen some some uh, hospitality companies up here uh, either give gas cards, uh, give gas reimbursement weekly or daily, or or pay cash for cat for the the commute because most people have to commute say twenty to forty miles yeah. or minutes and that they're doing that now like so like it can happen like a lot of it you know that's a, a concept in America that like oh they're won't pay you for your commute well some okay. some resort towns will some some places that want employees that are trying to adapt and and do different things they they might attract some good candidates you know but yeah. it's gonna they're gonna have to do some things that aren't really conventional right now you know. Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, hopefully companies realize that as they lose, you know, a, a good bit of their reliable workforce, um, you know, hopefully they can they can change things for the better. And some of these these uh, work environments are just pressured into being a little bit more worker friendly. Um, so going into even more, you know, I know we, we've talked uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, just kind of the the broad brush strokes of of kind of what you've uh been up to and your and your story but um i think now is a good point let's kind of let's let's kind of take it back to the start and um i you know i want to open the floor for you um to you know tell me your job jumping story how you started out you know how how you realized you know um that that this is what worked for you um, and I mean, obviously anything that, that sticks out to you that, that you want to, um, you know, share, I think, you know, is, is highly encouraged. Cause I know you, you've given me a little bit of a sample of, of some of the stories you've had and some of the jobs that you've had. And, and, um, I'm, I, I'm, I, I definitely be thrilled to hear about, uh, any of those notable, um, situations you've been in or jobs you've had. Sure. Um, well, I mean, my first job was really for my dad, like when I was like under 10 and he, uh, had like a, a permit to sell outside, a 
college football stadium and the union and he'd give me a commission to run one of the stands and it taught me how to manage money and stuff he used to give me like a 10 percent commission and i was handling like hundreds and hundreds of bucks like and i was really young and uh you know i'd, I'd kind of blow that on baseball cards and stupid sure. stuff <laughs> a 10 year old boy would buy but you know or, yeah. or cassette tapes or um whatever else and then you know i was really good high school student, but I wanted to work because I wanted money and I wanted music and I wanted to go to concerts and I wanted experiences. And for me, I've always kind of lived for experiences and they wouldn't let me get a job till I was 15. Um, and they had to drive me to until I was 16. Um, but yeah, I worked at that grocery store for like five and a half years. And uh, like in hindsight, like I was actually treated really well. And that was like, such a cool staff and like there's a lot of dudes that definitely like kind of tried and like helped like mentor me and, and taught me a lot of stuff but I was also like young and cocky and you know a teenager and like sure. you know not always super receptive but um I uh after I got in trouble and got arrested like they still let me have my job even after I took a 60 day vacation um <laughs> and uh like came back like nothing changed but i needed like all this money to pay off bills um uh, yeah. and uh so i got a second job and that was at the record store and once i had a taste of that like i was the retail was definitely burning me out and i knew this store was gonna close soon I knew I'd have a job offered at a different location, but it wasn't going to be the same management. It wasn't going to be the same staff. And uh, I lo loved the record store. And I was going to college at the time. And uh, even when I, like, went to university out of, out of state, they, they always let me, like, if I wanted 40 hours a week, they'd let me take off for a concert whatever days I wanted. Or if I only wanted to work four days that week, I, I could take off for concerts whatever days I wanted. Like, they, they never turned anything down and that's like such a crazy thing now you know it is yeah that's and, that's pretty unheard of you could smoke cigarettes in the back back <laughs> room back then and and uh yeah i mean yeah it was just so much more laid back but you know there weren't the cell phones and there weren't the cameras and there weren't yeah. whatever else but you know people weren't making as much either but then you know wages were stagnant for a while after that but i did the record store and then like six months after that like part of the record store uh that manager like was managing two stores and she moved to another store and pretty much i got laid off i got i got severance and stuff but i was like devastated because that was you know had been my favorite job at the time i don't remember how long if i was there if it was like six months or a year and i quit the other the grocery like just a phone call on a sunday and uh told him i wasn't coming in he's like ever again or today because you can have today you you can have today off and i was like no nah, i like i think i'm done man like i have this other job and i just i can't mentally do it anymore it's like you know if you don't give us notice like i can't rehire you he's like i can still give you a reference but Damn. like I, or do you want to reconsider or whatever and that dude was like kind of a second dad to me at times and he was kind of tough on me at times but he was like really good to me and i, I didn't appreciate it always but uh sure. yeah I, I i bailed on him and uh then that job i bailed on him for like cut me like not too long after that that's when everything was closing i think i worked five places in a row that closed then oh, some cool. of them i was a training i was training to be like assistant manager or 
there's there is one I think I was training to be store manager, but it, it just kept on happening where where they closed. But I worked at this other record store that was actually my favorite store growing up, and that was the one that was more, I guess, like Empire Records. And uh, closing that store, like that was like extra traumatic because I, that one actually did like close while I was working and I had to help close the store. And that was like the store I went to like growing up where I bought most of my records and like, that's heartbreaking. it was so emotional, but you know, I also like got to like take any of the promotional stuff that I wanted. And I, I <laughs> the amount of stuff that I got that I, that I've sold over the years for that job that only paid eight bucks an hour, like paid way way more and it was just like stuff like promotional stuff they got for free or stuff they were thrown away anytime they're th- like throwing away box i'm like no i'll take that okay like <laughs> i'm still digging through some of that but like <laughs> there's some great posters and the labels would send so much stuff it was ridiculous but when they did that they're charging the band anyway like that comes yeah. out of their budget so yeah, yeah, like yeah <laughs> I mean, that's a huge perk for me. I I was, you know, kind of a, I, I, I was a big music kid. I was a mall rat. Um, I, and just pretty much I would hang out in FYE, you know, I would just like hang out at FYE all the time and get CDs. And then, and then, um, you know, sometimes the staff would, would throw freebies my way, but, um, but, but yeah, working at, at a record store, uh, sounds, sounds pretty rad. Um, so with all of these stores closing and stuff, what, 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 like, what, what was the time period for this? Was this, um, like near the recession? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like nine eleven, the music industry and the recession, like we're kind of all yeah. tied together to me personally. You know, I graduated high school, you know, like two years, like things are like, I don't know. I, when I started that grocery job, I think it was four twenty five an hour. But I could still make a dollar or two tips an hour, like as a busboy, like at 15 or whatever, like, or not busboy, bag boy, like running the groceries out. Um, and then like, by the time I was close to graduating high school, I was making like, I think 850 or 950 an hour. And I got paid like time and a half every Sunday anyway. And and holidays, then if you were, you got paid, if you worked it, and if you didn't work it, you got paid double time and a half. Um, but again, like I didn't always appreciate that, but yeah, they're, they're around that. And I, I worked at the, the, the first record store there I was at on, on nine eleven, and it just seemed like, you know, the, there was the, the music industry obviously like had kind of peaked basically 99, 2000, 2001, yeah. it, it, it had hit, hit its pinnacle. The downloading was like I think it was overplayed that it was a problem, but it was more like the economy. Like you know, there's a this big kind of upswing in wages in you know four years, and then it just everything was stagnant for really ten years. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah. in, in the, the place I was at, like that nine fifty, like stayed at nine fifty ten, maybe eleven for like better part of next five ten years, depending on where you went. You know what I mean? And uh, especially for like hospitality gigs or, or stuff like that. Yeah, you know, like my last long-term hotel job um, that I, I, I was at for two years, I, I started out there like in 2019, the beginning of 2019 maybe, or 2018, and 
I, I, I started out at like 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 ten seventy five an hour, and this is only a few years ago. And then I I left that place making like sixteen fifty an hour, and I mean still like still feeling extremely broke. So <laughs> yeah, the hospitality industry, like I don't know, it was actually always something I kind of wanted to break into, but the market I was in, no one would would hire me and all my experiences retail and music stuff and like no one took that real seriously or whatever yeah like how do you go from um, from uh you know working in record stores to to the hotel and and hospitality it was basically i had like had lost my housing i had this guy crash into my house and uh i obviously filed a police report and during all that the uh police realized that the landlord wasn't legally zoned to rent and so the city basically uh contacted me said if i didn't leave if i didn't leave they'd evict me and i had like 60 days to leave and i was in a place that had like no housing and this house was awesome um and i and i had all that stuff in the record store too plus my collection which is like a ton of stuff like it's more than like usually you know a family of four has you know like it's a lot and uh I had to like pack it all up and find new housing and I was in the city and like it's the only place I could basically afford. I'd never been there before, but I did like know this one girl up there and she like was gracious enough to like take me around and like actually like the drive around, she showed me where stuff was. Like I was able to, to land a, a somewhat affordable place. And uh, like that was one of the first places I applied. And I'd applied at hotels before, but I never got hired, but that dude took a chance on me. And, uh, after that, I think I've worked at 14 hotels now. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I really do think I'm pretty close to that. But I mean, but you know, for me though, it's I'm I'm one of the guys who like I honestly feel like part of like the interview is like me working at a place for like a week or you know, and then like figuring out how how the environment is because like. I, I've had plenty of first days where I'm just like, yeah, there's no fucking way this is going to work. And then I just, I just leave. The hotels, like I've only had like really one that like I had to like, like quit after a few weeks. Like this is, this is a shit storm. Like there is no way, like this is too dysfunctional. Yeah. Like the front desk does not have the resources it needs. Like there is no management. Uh, like the housekeeping complaints are like valid. Like there is no way, like I can't, you want me to explain why someone like like pissed in these sheets and you didn't change them? Like, 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 and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, like, I know exactly what you mean. That's a fucking yeah. one. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you, you. There, there's no way to spin that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when there's like legit valid guest complaints and you have to take that abuse, but you also have the empathy for it. But like, obviously, you you didn't clean the room. You have nothing to do with that. You weren't even there. Like, all that went down while you were like sleeping or before your shift started. Like, and like you don't inspect the rooms, whatever. But you 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 take all that frontline assault, and that's what all these workers are doing. I think that's why a lot of these people have left it. And if you're the company is not going to offer you benefits or it's not going to offer you flexible hours or they're going to not let you take your vacation pay and you don't have maternity or paternity leave or you don't have like basic stuff that any other country it's, it's basic but here it's like some crazy socialist idea like i, I don't know yeah i mean but, of course people are gonna you know 
flip out and and no call no show you know it's i mean it's always been a lot you know it's always been uh stressful i mean the thing about hotels for me is that like like there's a reason why i i've kind of uh stuck around in hospitality and in hotels for such a long time it's because you know it it kind of usually goes in bursts of of activity you know you i mean if you get a good place you can you can chill you know for for uh, a a good chunk of your of uh, your shift and then you know there there there's periods of activity and and things you need to do obviously but um the ratio was was good for me and then when you know for me when covid hit i i i never stopped working i i was kind of i was just working straight through and everybody else was was you know laid off and um the hotel was still open people still you know came to hang out and it just got worse and worse and worse you know obviously because we could not accommodate uh the guests in the same way with only like three people on staff so yeah i was like like so I was already kind of like at my wit's end with management at this hotel I was at right before COVID. But it like at the same time, it was like probably the nicest property I worked at. The guests were amazing. Uh, a lot of them were like owner guests or people you'd see every four months. And like they were very generous um, <laughs> bringing you, you know, food, to $50 bills to like never felt that more appreciated at any property. Not from management, just from the actual yeah. guests, but yeah. still. And then you're looking out like gorgeous, like Lake Michigan, and like I don't know. But I, I uh, was was ready to quit, and I got fired first. And that was like we had just closed and then reopened, and uh, like there's protocols in place that weren't getting followed, and management like didn't care about anything, and like I, I just did not want to deal with the the really the management it wasn't even the guests as much but I, I sat that out and i you know basically hustled my stuff online just enough to, to skate by during that time and that uh, i'm i'm happy i had that you know yeah yeah i know for sure um so so yeah i mean you, you, kind, of, you kind of jump into hotels and was it kind of like you, you just focus on hotels for for years until kind of that that last job, and then you kind of jumped into more of a uh, a you know multiple gig lifestyle, or or was it always something? Did you always do other things on the side? Yeah, I kind of like always had side hustles. Like even before I started selling on like eBay and Amazon and and Discogs, I think I started there maybe like two thousand five. I, I still like sold to other stores and bought and resold stuff locally or like garage sale stuff. And like, just, I don't know. I had an eye for stuff or, or I knew it to like take and hoard for 10 years and then, and then flip when the, the time was right. Or, yeah, you know, just make some, some instinct, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an, a good investment. And, uh, after I closed my store, like I'd always, you know, had X amount of income, online you know it, it definitely dried up to to hundreds of dollars but you know there's a, a, a time where it was a couple thousand dollars or, or more sure. and more when i had my store but you know i've been able to live really cheap in the last few years so i yeah, mean a few know. hundred dollars can kind of pay most of my bills surprisingly yeah. and, and and luckily and gracefully and fortunately yeah no i mean it, it it can float you along when you you know need time to figure out the next thing, which I think is like when if 
if you are a job jumper, you know, it's it's helpful to have kind of like a a, a life raft, I guess. Um, so so yeah, so fourteen hotel jobs. How how are you quitting these jobs? Like, d- d- you know, do do any reasons why you quit or any quitting experiences come to mind? Like, or or was it just like okay, I, I'm I'm moving or I've done my time and. I mean, I'd say I got fired for like three of them. Um, nice. I, I definitely like got offered a better situation and just bounced on one. Um, the other one, I was like going to leave mid shift, and then she came in and, and fired me first. Um, but wow. like, I gave her the cur- I gave her the courtesy call. Okay. Um, so, so, so you like said, "Hey, I'm going to quit. I'm going to leave if, if if you don't come in." I well, I, I had I presented a, a problem and she'd been ignoring it and uh, like guests were complaining about it and I said if you're not going to do anything about this like I'm going to like bounce like yeah. and she still wouldn't address it and then like oh I'll come down there and then she did come down there and she just fired me. So. That's, that's, oh my god! I mean, I I I I had been there like a year or two and like I did almost like seventy percent of the front desk shifts and I'd been like managing the front desk basically for the last year and a half so but i also like didn't like me and her butted heads and i just didn't care anymore like she was just a horrible manager and like probably a worse person like so yep i i i have that that, that are coming to mind right away after you you know we've all had that person was she uh, with the hotels though like Oh, I was going to say every hotel I, I left, like, I, I made more at the next one. And at least that industry, like, people are still dogging on it. But, like, we were talking about both of us. Like, you know, I, I think I started mine at, like, 8 or 8.50 um, at a time when most jobs are paying 10 or 12 at least, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the last hotel job I was making 18.50. So, nice. yeah, it's, it, it, you know. It's, um... It's it's one of those industries where you know the 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 old saying like oh people are always going to need you know beds to sleep in like that is true you know it's 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 you know maybe the scope of it will go away someday but um but yeah it's it's a pretty reliable industry at least I think it depends on the property too because there are some properties that are really awesome and like most of the guests are like problem free but some of those chain ones like you have to really. You know, you you got sports teams staying there or whatever else. Like it, it can be a nightmare. It can be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get drunk parents in the lobby, just you know, making you babysit their kids who are yep, running or the or people people ODing, uh, yeah, f- finding f- finding drugs, uh, yeah. calling the cops all the time, and all like the knowing time. the officers because you work at the hotel <laughs> not not because they've arrested you or anything just because oh yeah yeah i know him from the hotel yeah yeah that yeah we were up there uh earlier today that oh good my, to see you again like exactly yeah i mean that that was my last hotel job i was i was talking about it it was kind of it, yeah it was an extended stay property and so we had a lot of long-term guests and um pretty much what ended up happening is like we had our our, our general manager kind of like fucked off and didn't really want to do anything and so we we ended up with a lot of these long-term guests who were just staying and 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 not paying and 
in the state that I'm in, if if you occupy a, a room for thirty days, you're you're like a become a resident. A resident, yeah, yeah. And so, yep. So um, that th- there was always a lot of conflict between you know management and the people that that didn't pay. Um, and you know they they, they happen to be you know the the same people who you would you know need to help you know or got the cops called on them or whatever i i i never had any issue really with with the people they you know they they were nice i don't you know i'm not gonna um you know say like i think anybody could find themselves in in that kind of situation and and you know whatever you got to survive but um some of the some of the shit I saw it, it's it's you know etched in my brain with with uh, ODs and um, you know domestic violence situations yep. like uh, yeah there, there's it's it's a lot. I worked at a property where they actually set up a meth lab in like 48 hours in one of the rooms, and uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> Then they filled this adjacent room to it, and I don't know who checked them in. It was not my shift. I was a uh, uh, audit, and this is second shift. But uh, they, they filled the entire uh, adjacent room from floor to ceiling with stolen merchandise, like bicycles and saws and like just ra- random stuff. And anyway, the cops like actually raided it, and they actually got charged with like maintaining a like a mess facility, and. Uh, they uh they didn't do any hazmat cleaning. They didn't do anything else, and they just uh, wanted to rent out their room. Oh my so, God. like, yeah. I at the desk, like, mentally put that as, like, rent last or whatever. Uh-huh. Or if there's, like, a, a kid or, a, like, kid and parent, like, there's no way. I'm just going to tell them it, it's sold out. You know, I'm not going to put yeah. you in that room. But yeah. that their property, like, didn't care. Same, the fire doors go out. Oh, we'll just. You know, prop them open, even though that's like against the law. Like, yeah, it's all about like, heads and beds. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this property that I was at, we, you know, uh, my last two months there, we we had an issue with our fire panel, and um, the the you know corporate didn't want to pay to fix it. They, you know, they're like, oh, there has to be a cheaper way. And so while they were you know figuring that out, you know, you know, being cheapskates and trying to come up with some sort of cheap solution to replacing the whole fire panel i i was in charge of like walking the hallways to do you know doing fire patrol overnight because they they did not want to pony up and and hire security to do it or to just replace the fire panel it was it was an absolute nightmare i've actually worked like quite a few fires (laughs) like you know some were just like the kitchen or smoke, but some were like the tree or property was just about to go out smoke. So I actually did, did use an extinguisher, or put out stuff outside. Um, but there's this one hotel I worked at and, uh, that was actually the first hotel job I had. And, uh, it was a, a days in and it was adjacent to another hotel I think maybe a Baymont, a Baymont. Um, anyway, Baymont. yeah, I've worked at a uh, one Baymont. I think I worked. I, for, that was it. The one I worked at was actually a good property, good management. Yeah. But uh, um, anyway, the dude uh, had had the property side by side, and uh, 
basically one of them started it on fire and they they called the called the fire department and they like put it out or whatever and then the insurance is like oh it's not a total damage it's just like the downstairs floors and they're like what like <laughs> like or you know it, it's not a total loss anyway yeah. uh during all that time the fire department's supposed to sit there for uh, 24 hours to make sure it doesn't restart mm-hmm. they didn't and it did and uh then, then it did uh, fully burn down, oh. and um, so the dude was like sued the city. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna say this. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the city's name, but yeah, no, he he sued the city, and uh, I, I believe it was the city and maybe fire department too, or they're probably connected. But he won anyway, and uh, so the insurance payout or whatever, they they go to pay him out, and. Uh, they didn't realize like both properties were attached to the same deal. And so it paid off both of his, both properties. (laughs) Wow. That, that must be a major regret for, for, for that fire department. I mean, just just a whole lot of short sightedness. Yeah. I want to say that property might've burned down again though. That, that one was cursed dude. Like that, that thing, that was cursed. And I think there might've been a fire before the the one before that, but I've I've seen like, I don't know, people take that for granted and like knowing where your extinguishers are, like walking the halls or, but I've seen just the fire panel go off too. Or, or when it does go off, it is a fire. And they're like, is this real? Like no one, no one, no, everyone's just blase. Like, Oh, oh." training about, you know, like I've seen them do that. And there's like almost black smoke down the hallway. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. Yes. Leave now. Exactly. I know. I mean, my favorite thing is is like when the fire panel goes off and the alarm's ringing, and then you get a million phone calls to the front desk, like, "Oh, uh, should I come down?" Like, yeah, fucking of course you should come down. There, that, that's the fire alarm. Do you not know what that is? It's not just the one outside your room. Don't worry. It's the whole property. Yeah, and yes, uh-huh. that's what that is. Yeah, it's that's that's the fucking funniest thing to me. So, so, um, as far as hotels, like, what do you think your best experience was and what would you think your, your worst experience in, in, um, the hotel business would be over the years? Oh, I mean, I've worked at a lot of properties where I feel like I I did my job and whatever, and I got fired for real petty or no reason at all or management changed or did you get unemployed? Whatever, but uh, in some cases, no, no, not, not, not up here. I only got, I think, unemployment once. It, it, like when I lived farther south, like their state is more right to work than up here, though. Gotcha. But I don't know. And, you know, usually I just sh- shake those off. I fought one really hard and, and still lost, but with that, like, you usually get stable hours, you know, you, 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 you don't necessarily get good hours, but and you have to work a lot of holidays and stuff, but you can, you, you, yeah, but they're stable. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they're stable. Um, depending on what shift you work, how busy you are, like you can maybe listen to music, watch sports on the TV, 
Um, take smoke, take, take, take smoke breaks, watch entire, uh, series on Netflix. Like you're talking about on audit. Uh, I've worked once where I played video games. I've worked once where the manager, like legit actually like fucking was cool. Like I could sleep. He gave me the blessing. I just needed to be by the phone. And if it rang, I'd wake up and it wasn't like full rate. It was like eight bucks an hour. But other times when it was four eight, he didn't care if I like crashed in the office. It, you know, stuff like that is like kind of yeah. cool. So yeah. shift like that, like where you literally go to work, you go to bed, and then you wake up and you just like set up breakfast and you're gone in two hours, and then you get to eat the breakfast. Like, oh yeah, that eating the breakfast. Fun. I would yeah. say like, yeah, <laughs> setting it up not as much, but not having to take it down. Like if you you leave before all that, that's great. Like. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, breakfast for me was always, it, like, it It was never something that I had to do until I had to do it, you know? Like, I I, I was never formally trained on it um, because, you know, when I first started out, I was just working, you know, usually 7 to 3 or 3 to 11. So, it, it, you know, it was only when the, the, the breakfast guy called out that I was I was thrust into the kitchen. They're like, you got to make these eggs. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never done this before. Um but then COVID happened, and and the hotels that worked out after COVID uh, had a very very streamlined you know breakfast process, and it was just 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 so freaking easy. It was just a piece of cake, so I didn't I didn't mind it after that. Now I like hate in general working at properties that have breakfast because all people do is complain about it. Yes. Um. No matter no matter what it is, and they they always like well why don't you have this or this and what what I'll say is I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll pretty much list everything we have and it's like seriously a list of 20 or 30 things and then I go what do you eat at home and they pause and like they they, they, they can't like you know I, I, I don't know you know like yeah. but yeah no I mean it's it's it 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 is what it is but that's an, that's kind of an American thing too like overseas that's 25 or 50 bucks a person like extra, you know, you don't get free breakfast. Yeah. The property, the last one I worked at, I will say they have like, they actually have like this lady comes in and they have their own kitchen and they like actually have, have like legit stuff. And I've never actually heard a complaint the entire season. I worked there about the breakfast. These days for sure. You're right. (laughs) Usually it's, it's all just prepackaged bullshit and, you know, uh, like liquid eggs and i mean it's just it's just the, the the grossest of gross um yeah that pl- place absolutely used real eggs too so that's i mean they may be expensive these days but yeah yeah uh-huh. that, that was last summer who knows <laughs> this summer you know <laughs> john um i want to ask you how, how do you deal with with being stuck in a miserable work environment what's what's your coping mechanism <laughs> music maybe like maybe taking breaks uh probably some marijuana um yeah i don't uh all I, I think like i i think i have my limits you know and that's why it winds up being job hopping you know because you you're like oh i can put up with this for you know a month or three months or i don't know it sounds like you've worked at enough hotels too where you like the ship is going well and then like I don't know, say one or three months before you see like all the chaos, like you, you smell it out ahead of time and you're already like, Oh yeah. Like, like the whole staff is going to change or like yeah. it's going to completely eat shit. And that's like, 
you have your level of of <laughs> what that is before you bounce. Yeah. And uh, yeah. over time, that level for me has just gotten uh, astronomically smaller. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like I just you, you have to put your foot down and say I'm worth more than that. Like you know, bet on yourself and. And with the side hustles too, like I would rather, if I'm going to make like the same amount of money net and work way less hours, why wouldn't I do that? Like, I, I just don't understand, especially, you know, maybe you can get insurance through the marketplace. Maybe you can't, depends on, you know, if you have kids or childcare and everything else, but there's, you know, a lot of situations where, and you, you don't got to wait the weeks to get paid. I, I don't know. It, it's just good to have the the different options, but you know, there's so many places where I worked at for a year or two years and then the time came and it closed or I never got my vacation or management changed or, you know, you you just, you're not guaranteed anything. I know. Yeah. It's like, you you know, you get a new uh, district manager and then it's like, I don't know. I don't know about this one. And, and, you know, they, they always come in and they want to change everything. Just like little, little small dumb things, you know, like, um, and, and it, it just, it's, it's, a it's a slippery slope after that happens. All of you like was one of my worst, like, I don't know. Like I had like a really horrible experience there and I hear like some stores are great to work at, Aldi? but yeah, but mine sucked. And like, they want you available, uh, all hours, you know, at, at their will between like 5 a.m. and 9 or 10 p.m. And so you come in before the store's open and you throw a truck and you get all sweaty and then you have to like go up and deal with customers and like ring out their stuff super fast where you're basically like throwing their shit in the cart. And the company policy is like, oh, if you break it, just have them go get another one. Like, yeah, you go tell that to most customers. Yeah, I just broke your shit because I'm being ordered to ring this like so, so quick where I need like 50 items a minute. Yeah, 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 I know. But then, you know, see how that goes, see how that goes over with the customer. You know what I mean? I'm just asking like, you, I didn't know that. And they have to walk all the way back there again. <laughs> but, uh, I just, uh, I, I hated it, man. And I was like, finally, like ready to leave the city. I was in, in the state I was in and I just needed to, to find a place. Like I finally like had gotten just enough money to do it, but I've been looking like three months and I couldn't find it. And, uh, I just didn't care anymore. And I was like, actually kind of trying to get fired. Um, and they just, they wouldn't do it. Like I was showing up late, but I, I always did a good job and stuff, but I hated my manager, just hated my manager. He was yeah. just such a douche. And, uh, <laughs> he would like, he, you have to check the items back into a cart, right? Like we know that you, you, mm-hmm. you put the quarter in the cart or whatever, yeah, yeah. but that means like, there's always like an, there should be at least always an extra cart in because the customer is going to take the cart that was there previous. Yes. So it's like, you need to start the shift with that. Well, the manager was always a cheap, cheap asshole. And he would like straight up, like return those and then pocket the change. So you'd start your shift with your till and then you'd have to, go out of your till, go all the way and go get the cart yourself. And, uh, so like I'm fuming because he does this all the time. I've literally seen him do it. And, uh, the door you have to go, you have to go like all the way out to get in the carts because the exit is like, it doesn't tunnel through the entrance. So, and and I'm starting my shift and there's seriously like a line of like 18 people. And, uh, I, I go out there to get a cart and uh, like I'm going 
pretty quick. And this dude in front of me is like walking and then he just stops, like just stops in the middle of the entryway for no reason. And I definitely like hit his ankle with the cart and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, man. And he's like, fuck you asshole or something. I was like, you need to pay more attention. I said, you need to not stop in the middle of the fucking door. And, uh, dude fucking got super pissed off. And like, I'd actually had blocks with customers there like three times, like, like people yelling, screaming, they would not fire me. And like, I own a couple of them. I definitely could have handled them better, but probably would have gotten fired most places for that. I don't know that I do those now. I just, I just didn't care anymore. Anyway, my manager is there and, uh, he comes and tries to, the, the one that I'm cool with comes to try to diffuse the situation. And the store manager who I hate is also there. And he, he comes into the office, pulls me into the office, which is like just right outside the check stand. And uh, he's screaming at me at the top of his lungs. And he's like actually the tallest guy I've ever worked for. He was like seriously like legit, like seven foot. Um, and he's like shaking and he has his hand on his his, his blade dude and I, I i i'm like seriously like scared like legit scared and uh i don't know what to do and i'm explaining the situation and he's like oh you just did that on purpose you just did that on purpose you're just trying to do this i want to fire you so bad and i can't i want to fire you so bad and i can't and i knew that to be the case because the way they did it there is only the district manager could oh. and so he, he was a store manager and he didn't have the ability to, to, to fire me so i straight up tortured him all the time dude i seriously i was such a douche but fuck him anyway anyway so oh my that's happening and like the entire store can hear the stuff and he's screaming i'm gonna fire you so bad and i just fucking can't i hate you you're such a i don't know if he said piece of shit or what but like i was like like my response was like i was shaking a little bit because i didn't want him to like stab me but i was also like my reflexes were to laugh because it was so funny and I just like completely melted this dude down anyway it turns out the district manager happens to be there too that we're talking about district managers so she comes storming into the office and like you know the whole store can hear this and it's like oh my god like and she separates us and so she tells me not to clock out and sit in my car and calm down and she has a talk with him anyway their solution is to um, not schedule us at the same time, and I'll just uh, ride out my time until I start uh, my new life in my new state. Jesus, and that's how it ended. And but yeah, they, they they would not schedule me with the store manager. But dude, I it was awesome though because like he couldn't fire me, and I wouldn't steal or anything like that. Like I wouldn't do anything like that by any means. My till was always on, but I would definitely show up 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes late sometimes. Yeah. Or I'd definitely like be really rude to a customer that was rude back to me. Like I, you know, bring the same, bring the same energy. You know, yeah. I didn't try to run over that guy's foot. I apologized. I felt horrible. But when he told me, "Oh, you need to fucking, you know, pay more attention to order," like, why would you stop in the middle of the door like that? That's you know, that's only wide enough for one person to get through. You know, like yeah. a sl slotting door that opens and closes too. Like, what if the sensor didn't go off? That straight hits you, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are just unaware that you know that. I mean, whenever I go to Aldi to, to shop, people do the same fucking thing. It's it's just, I mean, um, but that's cool. You kind of ended it on on having like a little bit of immunity from you know from the boss. That's that, that's a pretty cool uh, way to go. Um, I hear he actually had a had a meltdown and like left like not long after I. Did. 
I, which I don't know why I'm laughing at, but he he found a better job. He found a better situation. It was probably good for him too. You know what I mean? Like he was. You know, he he sounded like he was at wit's end at that store. I don't I don't think it was just. Oh, he was, but I'm sure he was making six figures too. Like I'm sure he was yeah. he was doing well. Like that's a good point. Um, <laughs> damn, that's that's that was a good one. Um, actually, uh. As we wrap up, I, you know, I want to ask um, if at this point in, you know, your life and, you know, you're doing a lot of different things now. Do you feel like you escaped, like, you know, jumping from shitty job to shitty job? Or do you think uh, you're, 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 you're still in the thick of it? And if so, um, do you think it is, it's possible to escape once you're in that kind of uh, cycle? It's possible to escape, but I'm, no, I'm definitely in the thick of it, you know. Like right now, I'll probably go back to the job I had last season, but that, as a new manager, too, and this job that was perfect last season might not be this season, you know what I mean? But to me, it's more like if I add up all my revenue channels, you know, and I get X amount net, and even after you add in expenses and taxes and all that, if I'm going to make more working less, and I'm not necessarily gaining health insurance or it's not costing me any different having it or not having it, or I'm still in the marketplace or I'm not or, or whatever. Why would I want to give someone full-time hours and whatever hours they demand? You know what I mean? Like I like to just work whenever I want to like having that freedom or, or like just, you know, taking a week off and going out of town. Or if you're out of town and you can still hustle, if you're doing a gig app or, or other things, you know, your, your, your income doesn't necessarily shut off. Like, but with that, like it's, it's the, I think, especially with the online selling, like the going to the post office every day, like that is like one of the biggest battles, like, you know, especially right before Christmas or during the holidays or that. But then, you know, if you're working a gig app, you can get paid to go to the post office then. So like literally you're, you're double dipping there. And that was the other thing I loved about hotels. Cause I can, you know, do eBay or Amazon or Discogs while I'm at the hotel. I am, I am getting paid and I, I would bring in stacks of CDs or, or records or, or whatever, and just list them while I was there. You know? Yeah. That's a great case of double dipping right there. Yeah. You, yeah. You can do a, a, you know, a side hustle while, I mean, I've actually heard about these, um, there, there's like a new movement for, for like work from home people where they, they get like two or three work from home jobs and they just do them all concurrently. Cause like they're, they're all like, you know, you know, kind of, easy I've seen that multitask. I had a buddy during the pandemic that pulled that though. And he was working for like a, like a fortune 500 company and he was double dipping and, and raking it. And he actually like got caught doing it and, uh, got fired. Uh, yeah. It, it, it seems like it could probably go wrong pretty, pretty easily, but yeah, you know, most of the hotel managers that I've worked at, like that, that's the cool flex though. Cause that's a selling point for them. Cause if they're like cool with like, they have a back office or, it's night audit and they don't care if it's at the desk or maybe whatever the situation is different. Like some of them are like, Oh yeah, you can bring in your stuff. You know, they work on your school. Why can't you work on that? Or, or you want to, maybe you like to read or watch movies. Like 100%. the best, the best jobs are like working as few hours as possible, dealing with as few people as possible, getting to do your hobbies. Right. I mean, exactly. 
is I I like a job where I can like have room to dream. Like I need I, I need space to like daydream, you know, <laughs> and like not just be on edge the entire eight hours about what's gonna happen next. Um so so that that was always my my uh preference. Um last but not least, John, um what would your life look like if you did not need to work and all of your needs were met? What what would your ideal day-to-day life look like i think i'd be more organized like i'd I'd have my record and cd collection and all these posters that have never been unboxed since they're tubed up years ago like actually displayed and but you know i thought with covid too that it would be different if i had like all my time to put into to my hobbies or whatever but it, it there's this battle of complacency, right? You know, like you, you make enough for the day or you don't have any like hard deadlines. And uh, like, I, I caught myself getting really complacent sometimes, like not even just in my work, but in relationships. And you have to, I don't know, but to me, the day to day would just be having my house and, and, or place set up with, with my music collection, listen to music and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe having a, a puff or watching some sports, playing sports, just going hiking, camping, but being in a location where, uh, you're one with nature and kind of away from people. But I used to be this big city kid and I just could never imagine living in a small town. And now I just can't really ever imagine going back to a city. The idea of having to wait at stoplight still pisses me off when I, when I leave here, like, like the amount of time wasting that I, I used to all the time just going down 10, 10 blocks in the street, like just blows my mind. That's a good point. There's, there's so much wasted time in cities. It's, it's, it's pretty insane. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a different form of tax. You know, it's like, it's like being taxed in time. You know, you're, 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 you're losing minutes of your life having to commute. For sure. And, and some of those cities too, like people are like, Oh, I wouldn't commute. I think the average commute is what twenty five, thirty minutes. But some of those people are only commuting five to fifteen miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 like in thirty, forty minutes, I can, I can commute like thirty or forty miles. Like, yeah, fine. You know what I mean? Like that. That's and, it's all, all the situation though. Cities that that have public transportation, you know, like it's it's not usually. I mean, usually most cities don't have very good transport so so you're wasting a lot of time too because it's like it's 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 kind of designed to be inefficient you know um which which is unfortunate it could be so much better but um yeah there's too many places if you don't have a car your opportunities are extremely limited yeah absolutely but that's the other situation why one of those summer gigs or those gigs i was talking about like in some of these resort towns where maybe you lose your housing um maybe you lost your car Maybe you lost your spouse or maybe you lost everything. Maybe you need a roof over your head. You're willing to start. People won't give you a chance in your market, but they will here. You know what I mean? Or they will somewhere else. And that's, uh, that's the fresh start. Some people need, you know, that's, that's a great point. I think those, those opportunities are, are great for people who, who, you know, need kind of a, a clean slate. Um, so, you know, I feel like we have barely scratched the surface of your experience. And I think that, that, you know, of course, because I, you know, I feel like you've, you've, uh, been through a lot and, and, and you've got a lot of stories to tell. Um, so I'm going to say, you know, maybe sometime in the future, I, I would love to have you back on to, uh, talk, talk more about, um, 
you know, your, your job jumping story, but, um, you know, I think it's been, it's, it's, it's been an awesome conversation. I, you know, I've loved to hear your, your insight and, and, uh, you know, your, your, uh, thoughts on everything you've done. Um, was there anything that you wanted to cover before we, we, uh, close it down for the night, John? I would just say like, there's kind of this stigma and, and maybe it's maybe more of a, like a, boomer mentality but like where if oh your resume has holes in it or oh if you do that like you know we keep getting hired you know what i mean like i can feel like i can talk my way into any interview like i will expire eventually you know but there are markets that are way more open to hiring seniors you know It, it some of it's about putting yourself in a better situation even if that place might not be ideal for you but uh don't be afraid to quit and once you quit one I think you you start believing in yourself more and seeing yourself worth and your self value more that that you 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 set strict boundaries with employers and limitations and and you kind of go from there. You know what I mean? Boundaries are important and it's okay to say no. 100%. And if someone if someone takes advantage of you or fucks them, is it bad ghosting them? And how many times have you know I've have you ever been fired with the hotel giving a notice? You give the notice and then they don't let you work it out? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever? Common. Yeah, see, like, yeah, that's real t- uh, common in hotel industry. But, like, people forget about that, too. Like, you know, like when you do the right – I had I, I, I did that one time and I was moving. And, you know, after I told you I was, like, pretty much kicked out of the – by the city. Um, and I finally found the housing. Um, like – that job pulled that for me. So I had less income there and I thought I was doing the right thing. And if I was in that situation again, I'd never tell him. I wouldn't tell him until that day was over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you got, you got to take care of yourself sometime and, and, and don't show loyalty to someone that's not going to be loyal to you. Yep. It's okay to say no. And, and I don't know. I, I bet, bet on yourself I, I, and, and believe in yourself and it's okay to be selfish too, you know, and it's okay to do, unconventional things but have boundaries and if nine to five isn't your gig do something else and even like the the gig economy like it's never meant to be a long-term thing but it's something you can spring off or kind of get you through while you're trying to find your calling but don't be afraid to try different things either and right now in this economy like there are places that would have required college years ago or would have required two years experience or would have required whatever and they're paying for experience they're paying for whatever and if you want to try something do it because this is, you know, I'm, 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 we talked a little bit about our age gap, but dude, this is even with the stuff probably about to hit the fan a little bit here in the next year, this is still the best economy I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like since, since the nineties for sure. And, uh, just having the opportunity to just go and, you know, be, be in demand and, and, you know, there, there are more jobs than, than people and all the boomers pieced out. So exactly. like finally they're, they're giving, giving us a chance to, uh, to do our thing we have the upper hands uh right now a little bit a little bit more flexibility for for the workers um everything you just said i i agree 100 i I'm, I'm a huge proponent of of uh you know betting on yourself and and if if a situation isn't serving you if a job isn't serving you you know you can get the fuck out of there and, and don't feel guilty for a second because you know you are absolutely right it's it's uh it's the world we live in is is it's these companies are not going to go to bat for you nine times out of ten. And um, one more point, real quick. Uh, 
if uh, there, there's kind of that stigma too of like, you know, we talked about not putting in the notice or or whatever else or planning it out and having another job first. Like, yeah, in a perfect world, everyone would like to have another job first, but they don't always have the time because they're working too much or yeah. they can't go to the interview because they're at their other job. But uh, my experience sometimes, like when I've just quit a job, like walked out in the middle of a shift or <laughs> gotten fired or ghosted or just just quit and wasn't expecting it that day and didn't have a job at the end of the day and I didn't get fired or I did get fired and I was expecting having a job at the end of the day. Like I was always able to find something else really quickly. And some, sometimes it's because you, your back is against the wall and you have to, you know what I mean? It makes you, pushes you for change a lot more than trying to do it comfortably and trying to find the right situation. Cause then you, then, then you just get complacent your current situation and you don't have the balls to make the change. And I think you're, you're better off just, even if that's the thing, like having your back against the wall, some people perform best that way. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. I, I'm, I certainly do as well when, you know, when your back is against the wall, you kind of, uh, can can do things you normally wouldn't do um and especially you know right now in this environment like like you were saying i think it's 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 best to take advantage of it don't don't stay in a job um that that makes you miserable it's 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 not worth it um if you can pick up a new skill though or you want to try something else and someone will give you a chance this is the way to do it you know what i mean yeah, like sure. that's not always the case. So, yeah. Yeah, I I I I agree. I think that's a that's a really great uh positive note to go out on. Um, you know, John, I want to thank you again for for your time and your story. Um and I I definitely would be interested in talking with you again, um, you know, sometime in the future because I feel like there's 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 a lot of things we uh we 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 didn't get into, but um I you know, I know you're you're uh, you know, on the down low. Um, anonymous, but did you want to plug anything or shout anything out before we wrap it up? Not really. I I, I think just uh, yeah, like don't don't be afraid to make the moves and don't be afraid for change and don't be afraid to try things and also don't be afraid to to fail. You know, I'm, I'm not in a perfect situation now. I'm not like super stable killing it but i'm happier than i've been in, in my whole life you know so That's like there's, there's something that goes with that and i'm still not saying like i i don't get depressed at times or have struggles like but i'm, I'm still like mentally better than yeah. there's nothing more mentally draining than than a job that just sucks your soul away it makes you not want to do anything go anywhere or do anything like yep. it's bad Absolutely. Don't do it. You're better than that. One hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. Thank you again to John for all of the insight and all of the wacky stories. If you want to be a part of Job Jumpers, folks, if you want to guest on the show and tell me your job jumping story or if you just want to send me your story in written form so I can read it on the show please, please don't hesitate you can email me at jobjumperspod at gmail.com I would love to hear from you you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jobjumperspod Uh, we're on all podcast platforms so please subscribe, rate, review 
all that good stuff. And most importantly, keep jumping.